Welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. This is a podcast where we're going to discuss, understand, maybe even sometimes challenge Latter-day Saint culture. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, ideas, and thoughts that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests. Do not in any way reflect the official doctrines or stances of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening, and welcome to this week's conversation. Welcome to the first episode of the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. I am, I've been thinking about doing this for a long time, and unfortunately I'm a perfectionist, which means I've been thinking about doing this for a lot longer than I've actually been doing it. So I appreciate your patience. I know that as this being episode one, only my mom and maybe my wife will be listening to this. So hi, mom. Hi, Marcin. And I wanted to start out by, and there's probably maybe two or three other people, I wanted to start out by talking about what is the chocolate cake deal? What is it all about? So let's talk about the chocolate cake and what I call the chocolate cake phenomenon. This started out with just me and my wife, and mostly mostly me, making chocolate cake. I was a college kid and had a great chocolate cake recipe. It was my mom's Texas sheet cake recipe. Uh, in a f- later episode, I'll talk a little bit more about what that is and how to make it and the secret or secrets that I have used in making one of the most delicious cakes I've ever had. But I would make this cake, 9 by 13 cake, and that's more than two college students should be eating. So I would cut it up, cover it in uh, different plates and pass it out to friends and neighbors. And, and so that ended about the time college ended. And I didn't really pay much attention to it after that until there are a couple things that really kind of formed what has become my chocolate cake deal. I don't remember exactly when it was, but this is several years ago. My wife was the compassionate service leader in the ward. So she would be making dinners. She would be arranging for babysitting and things like that. And I came home from work one day and there was a plate of chocolate chip cookies, which are about the best cookies there are. And my sweet wife makes about the best cookies that I've ever had. I have to say that. It's true. She makes fantastic cookies. And I reached for one, and she slapped my hand away, which was a little bit uh, soul-crushing, to be honest. And I asked what was going on. Why couldn't I have one of these cookies? Obviously, the only reason that she would be making cookies would be for me. She said, no, those are not for you. Those are for family in the ward. Well, what's going on with whatever family in the ward that they need cookies? She wasn't doing a full meal. She was just doing the cookies. And she said, and the answer was so bizarre, I didn't even pay attention to it at first. But her answer was, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, if you don't know what's going on, why can't I have one of these cookies? Well, I didn't even think about it until it was several weeks later. We got a voicemail from this family. And the message was, thanks so much for those cookies. That's exactly what we needed at that time. So those two moments kind of started to marinate, maybe, in my mind. I didn't think a whole lot about it. Sometime later, I got home from work, Friday night, date night, and my wife, her name is Marcine. She loves when I 
give her attention. And so Marcin was putting together some canning jars with black-eyed Susans from our front garden. She had a nice little ribbon tied around the neck of the jar, and, and they just looked very, very sweet. And I said, oh, nice jars or nice flowers. Who are they for? And her answer was the same as with the cookies. Hmm, I don't know. There was a sister in the ward who had recently lost her mother, and she said, we're going to take some flowers over to her. But after that, I don't know. So we got a couple jars. There were six of them, and, and we didn't take them all. But we took a couple of the jars, put them in the car, went on our Friday night date. We dropped a, a, a flower jar off at uh, the sweet sister whose mother had passed away. And then my wife turned to me, and she said, okay, now where are we going? The interesting thing to me was that there was a family's name who popped into my head. I don't know why, but I was a big chicken about admitting or, or, or saying out loud who this was that had come, come to my mind. So my answer when she said, where are we going next, was, hmm, I don't know. Well, she then said, how about if we go visit? And she named the same family that had come to my mind. And I agreed, okay, let's go over there. They were a home teaching family of mine. And we stopped by there, hopped out of the car. Marcin went to the wife, handed her the flowers. They had a nice chat. I saw the husband in the driveway. In the middle of the driveway was a, a pallet of construction. I'll just call it construction debris. If you can imagine a pallet right in the center of the driveway, and there were bricks and bags of concrete. It was just, it was like somebody had been doing construction at the house or in the neighborhood, which is what was going on. It was in the neighborhood. And they just dropped this in the middle of their driveway. Well, it wasn't very convenient for them. They couldn't get cars in or out of the garage. And so this poor brother was trying to get all of the the heavy construction debris off of this pallet so he could move the pallet out of the uh, the way of his the car in his driveway. And so as a, a what appeared to be dutiful home teacher, I showed up at the right place at the right time, and I helped him, and we had a nice chat, and I didn't even think about the fact that there was something going on. There was a name that had popped in my head, and when I acted on that prompting, it was a little bit reluctantly, but when I showed up in the right place, there was an opportunity to serve. Well, how does that have anything to do with chocolate cake? Nothing, except for... Chocolate cake is what I typically like for my birthday. My birthday's in November, and Costco has a very rich, very substantial chocolate cake. Uh, they've changed their recipe, or their, they've changed their, their uh, format a little bit. It used to be, I think, three layers, and it was just, it was a rich, rich dark chocolate cake. Well, that's too much for me, and Marcin didn't want to have it in the house longer than necessary. So I would have, I would buy it for myself because nobody would buy it for me for my birthday. And once I had had enough, a couple of days later, I had this three quarters of a cake left, and I needed to get rid of it before it it got old and dry and nasty. So I would cut it up into big chunks, and I would wrap it up and and take it to people that I knew who liked chocolate cake. Well, I was doing this one November evening. And there was a family in the ward I knew I knew they liked chocolate cake. So I had things wrapped up. I went to their home. It was a Sunday evening, knocked on the door, and I knew they were home. Big family. I could hear movement behind the door. I could see lights on. I could see shadows um, passing by windows and that sort of thing. And I knocked on the door. 
had every expectation that we would have a nice visit and I'd be able to share something that was uh, something that I, that I enjoyed, but also that they enjoyed. And nobody came to the door. So I knocked harder. Well, at the same time, I was getting a prompting. The prompting was, go visit your home teaching family. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll get there. I, yeah, let me get this done and then I'll go visit my family. I knocked again. No answer. And I got the prompting again. Go visit your home teaching family. And again, I kind of brushed it off. I'll, I'll get there. Let me just finish this and I'll get to my home teaching family next. Because there was no answer, I, th- I remember calling them. I called their cell phone and again, no answer. I knew somebody was home, but there was no answer. And again, I got that prompting. Go visit your home teaching family. And I finally figured out, okay, I need to be visiting my home teaching family instead of dropping this plate of cake here. Well, I didn't want to to miss sharing the cake with somebody. So I went uh, a couple of miles to where my home teaching family lived and knocked on their door. They came to the door right away. And just with the personality that I have, just trying to have a little bit of fun, I handed this plate of a significant wedge of this rich dark chocolate cake to the wife who'd answered the door. And I said, the spirit said I should bring you this chocolate cake. And almost absently, she took it from me and put it on the counter. And she said, thanks so much for coming. Our infant son is sick and needs a blessing. Would you mind helping to administer? Absolutely. Well, I started to realize there was something happening. There was something happening when I was prompted to do something and I acted on that prompting. A couple of other things that were happening at the same time as I was kind of forming how I was doing this this thing with sharing chocolate cake with people. I was teaching seminary. Well, let me go back. I was, before that, a year or so I was, uh, before teaching seminary, I was a young men's president in my stake and would visit different units and, and counsel with the presidencies, the young men's presidencies of the different wards and branches that I visited with. And there was one branch that the young men's presidency was struggling. And as I talked to the president, he was just, he was convinced that the only reason he was the president of the young men's organization in their ward was because nobody else would do it. And there was a thought that came to me. I know it was not my thought. I know it was something that that would be significant for him and I learned for myself that there was some power behind it, but I suggested to him, I asked him if he would do me a favor. He said a little bit hesitantly, well, what is it? I said, I'd like you to pray for the boys in your organization by name every day. Well, he only had seven boys and two of them were his own, but he agreed. And I don't know what his experience was, but I realized at that point that was something I could do as well. Well, shortly after that, I was released as young men's president and called as a seminary teacher, and I had 19 seminary students. And I took my own advice and decided to pray for my seminary students by name every day. And it was not anything substantial or significant or time-consuming. It was only, Heavenly Father, please bless, and I would name each name. Please bless Stephanie. Please bless Joey. Please bless Naoto please bless. And I would go through the 17 by name. And the interesting thing as I was doing this was there were times, it didn't happen every day, but there were times that I would catch on a name. It was like hitting a speed bump. And I just realized, or I I started to 
understand. There's something. There's something that I need to pay attention to. I remember one time I was coming home from a fireside and I had a plate of cookies or brownies. It was something, some leftover refreshments. And as I was at an intersection, I would have gone straight to go back to my home. But without thinking, I turned. I turned to uh, a couple of blocks out of the way to go visit one of my seminary students. And I knocked on the door, handed her the, the plate of goodies and told her that I just wanted to know, I wanted her to know I was thinking about her. Well, to me, that wasn't anything significant until a day or two later when she came to me and she said, hey, thanks for, thanks for stopping by. That's exactly what I needed. Well, I started to understand that very first situation that I had with the voicemail from the family in the ward, thanks for the cookies, that's exactly what we needed. And this young seminary student, hey, thanks for the cookies, that's exactly what I needed. I began to understand it has nothing to do with the cookies. It has nothing to do with the chocolate cake. It has nothing to do with, really, even me. It's just acting on a prompting. So I started to act on promptings. I started to make this chocolate cake recipe because I enjoyed it, because the cake, I think, is delicious. And I would consider, who do I know who needs chocolate cake? And I would make visits. I remember one time I visited one of my seminary students. And I asked him a question. What I had some cake or some brownies or something, and I knocked on his door. Um, his dad invited me in. We sat down for a short visit, and I asked, how's seminary going? Now, that's a risky question to ask because I was afraid I might get an answer. And I did. He said, it's not going very well. Well, I'm the seminary student. Or I'm sorry. I'm the seminary teacher. And he's telling me seminary's not going very well. And I said, what, what do you mean? What's, what's not going well? He said, I haven't, I haven't been very reverent lately. And I thought, was, yeah, I know. I know. So I asked him, yeah, what's going on with that? He said, I just like talking to my friends. Well, I had a few minutes where I could just sit down, and I had a sweet experience with him where I was able to teach him from the scriptures. I gave him a a challenge or a an invitation to share some thoughts in the lesson the next day, and it turned into just a wonderful experience where I was I was able to connect with him and help him feel the spirit, and at the same time, I was able to feel the spirit. So I started having some of these experiences. As I was visiting people and sharing chocolate cake, I remember one time where I was, uh, uh, we had helped, my son Brendan and I had helped a family move into the ward. And a day or two later, I'd make cake and I asked him, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? And we talked about a couple different people and, and this family that had just moved into our ward had just been on my mind. And I thought, we're going to add them to our list of visits. So we had a nice visit as we dropped off some cake. Well, sometime later, I was talking to a, a group of girls at girls camp, and we were talking about chocolate cake and how they could also experience the chocolate cake phenomenon, sharing cake with people and helping them feel noticed and loved. And the the wife of this couple that had just moved into the ward uh, now, several years before, had come up to me and she said, do you remember when you brought us chocolate cake. And I did remember that. It was uh, just a sweet visit that I had with uh, with her, their family. She said, that was one of the worst weekends of my life. And I was afraid uh, initially that I don't, I hope I didn't have anything to do with it being the worst weekend. And she said, no, 
we had just moved into the ward and I was having a serious medical situation that I didn't have any support. And then you showed up with chocolate cake just to be there. And I had nothing to, I had no idea. I had no idea that this was going on and it was not anything that really had anything to do with me. It was just acting on promptings of the spirit. I could tell you stories about that type of thing where I would ask, uh, either Potter myself, who do I know who needs chocolate cake? Or I would ask my kids, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? And in our family, that's just the question that we ask. It doesn't matter if it's chocolate cake or if it's banana bread or if it's a a bouquet of flowers or if it's, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. But the question that I like to ask, and I do this almost every week, where I'll ask my family, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? And it's just somebody that's been on their mind. For me, the visits are wonderful, and it doesn't matter if it is just a doorway visit. Somebody uh, stands there with masks on, and we stand six or ten feet away and hand them a cake and tell them we're thinking about them. Or if they invite us in and we sit down for a, a nice chat with the family, it doesn't matter. I have zero agenda, and I just enjoy letting them know that I'm thinking about them. So when it comes to this podcast, the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. I was talking to my oldest daughter, Allison, who is insisting that she's my favorite. So I'm going to go with that. Thanks, Allison, for being my favorite. We were talking about what types of things could we share. And her idea was, since chocolate cake is such a big part of our family culture, what about chocolate cake bites? And bites is spelled B-Y-T-E-S because of the technology component. So that's where the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast idea came from. In our next episode, we will talk a little bit a little bit more about how that plays into uh, really what the focus of the podcast is. But I wanted to, first of all, explain chocolate cake, what it is to give and receive chocolate cake, and then the question that that I think we may end our episodes with is, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? And just to be clear, chocolate cake doesn't have anything to do with chocolate cake. It doesn't have anything to do with me or my culinary talents or anything like that. It's just noticing who is around, who needs to know that they are loved by their their Father in Heaven. And there is a lot, I think, that we can do to bless the lives of other people And that's what this is all about. I want to help share with you ways that I found that that we collectively can bless the lives of those around us and experience joy and happiness as we do that. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? <laughs>